We are back with another episode of the Black Box Podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed. And I'm your host, John. And we got another interview, this time with a friend of mine. His name is Malik. He is also a trader. He trades mostly Forex. And this episode, we're just going to go into basically what his strategy is, what he thinks about the markets, why he trades Forex, and you know, talk about some other assets that he trades. But it's pretty good. I think you'll be able to learn a little bit about you know, the mindset of developing a trade and risk reward setups and stuff like that. So, uh, let us know if you like it, <laughs> hopefully you do, but we'll get right into it. All right, let's do it. Yep. All right, Malik, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. You want to just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? So, bro? Thanks for having me. My name's Malik. Malik Bob on Instagram. In the Bronx, New York. In the city area. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, it should be uh, good. So, I guess, you know, we're here to talk about your trading, your charting skills, how you, you know, go about setting up a trade. But before we get into that, do you want to discuss what you think of the current market conditions? Do you think we go lower with tapering? Do you think that's kind of at this point already gotten factored in? Do you think we just go higher? Or Yeah, right now, so usually what I do is I use like mark up BXY. It's like the dollar. Yeah. So like usually I just go by like what the dollar is doing usually on my trading view. And I said, like, incorporated, like, you know, like, the stock market and, like, Forex. So, like, and so I look at the news every now and then. I'm not too, too big at the news, but I do, like, look at the highlights. And I do, like, dive in and see, like, you know, some fundamental analysis. But I can say, like, it looks like probably, like, it's like a bear market probably coming along. Because recently, Jerome Powell's saying, like, you know, raking heights, you know, pushing the hype. Uh, the rates up a little bit, hiking rates. So I was thinking maybe a bear market would be coming along. Probably see like a drop. Yeah. Uh, in stocks probably would drop in like Bitcoin a little bit. That's why too, I've been marking up. I've been seeing a lot of like bearish movements. Maybe like you see lower prices on crypto. But long term, it doesn't go up though. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree. I feel like the last few months of 2021 before this big drop that people are calling crash or whatever i mean it's not really a full crash but it was just over a short period of time but i felt like i kept seeing the market even though it would reach all-time highs it looked really weak like it was really exhausted and i feel like that's something you always see b- before you go into a bear market especially when it persists for multiple months wait how like, when you say it looked weak, what do you mean by that? So that's like, okay. yeah. yeah. That has to do with charts, right? Well, yeah, because Malik, I, I, from what I know, you're mostly entirely maybe a uh, technical trader. So what that means is the chart, well, earlier, you know, when it was recovering from the COVID lows, we would constantly see strong runs, like a week straight of the market just ripping to new, to new highs like there was it would break past resistance every time every time 
from around like October, maybe September, all the way to the end of the year, every time it would break that new high, it would only go a little bit higher. But then every time it would recover to the downside or, you know, like refresh and cool off, it would look like it would go a little bit lower and a little bit lower, like it would bounce off the next moving average. So, you know, that's really what I mean. Basically, instead of it ripping really high and only taking a little bit of time to cool off, it was it was only ripping a little bit past the all-time high and then taking a longer time to cool off. And then, like, because usually the market, you know, because of the trends, you're looking for higher lows and higher highs. That's going to signify a bull market. And then lower highs and lower lows are going to signify uh, a bear market. So usually what happens at the top of a bull cycle and right before a bear market occurs is that that higher high and higher low structure starts to get a little bit like the higher highs are not as far off from the previous high and the higher lows are not far off from the previous low. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. So, so like the gap is shrinking? Basically, yeah. Like the strength at which it's advancing is, is calming down. All right. Yeah. BTC, USD. Are you allowed a pair trader? You like to trade pairs? Like oh, like the um, like the cross, like like the like BTC USD. Yeah, or because you trade forex, so you're trading currency pairs, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. I guess what's the difference between that and the stock market? Because we haven't talked much about forex on here. Oh, I think the stocks more just companies, you know, like Nike, you know, like American Express, or like you know, like companies and corporations. Forex is just a. Uh, Currency more just like you know, like money and like you know like the the way how it's like worth in different countries. So and like it's just more volatile too, and like it's more liquid than forex. But to me, usually it's just uh, the way it moves, like the way how forex moves, the way stocks move. Like I can see like the correlation, but it's like a little bit different. But the way I'll tackle it, just certain times of the day. I just look for certain times to, like, you know, get into certain situations. Like, Forex is more like, I'll wait for, like, 2 a.m. or, like, 5 a.m. or, like, midnight versus, like, stocks. I'll strictly wait for, like, 9.30 to see, like, you know, the opening to see what's going on. That's this like, I'm looking at, like, US 30 or, like, SPX. Yeah. Got you. Okay, so... You can trade Forex any time of the day, 24 hours, like crypto, or is it only like certain sessions based on the world? Yeah, you can trade 24 hours, except for 5 p.m. to like 6. That's what like, it's like a break. And then it closes over the weekend. So on Fridays, on Friday at 4 p.m., that's when they'll close. And then it opens back up Sunday at 4 p.m. going into like Monday, midnight. That's when you can trade it. But crypto, yeah, it runs all day. Like yeah, it'll close forward, so it'll close at four, open on Sunday. But usually certain times of the day and certain pairs is like the, the trade because certain pairs may not move as well as other pairs at certain times of the day because it's all about the time and the price. And some people get confused about like, you know, the way actually like what's going on. They think it's just like support resistance and 
just like you know like you know stuff we see like on google but in reality it's just the banks moving around and they're building around certain time periods that are like asian range or the london range or the new york range the new york range aligns with the new york session but like the london range or the asian range those are like two different time zones that they will move so like certain pairs won't move like and certain pairs like USD, like AUD USD, they'll move probably during the Asian, but they're probably going to like consolidated versus like a GDP, like a GDP uh, pound, pound dollar, or pound yen. They'll move crazy around Asian range because it's like a cross pair. So the USD be like consolidated to like to like about London or New York. And it makes like more of his like volatility movements. Do you feel like technicals have more to do with it than fundamentals, or do fundamentals actually play a decent part? I feel like me, me mostly. I mostly look at the technicals because they they, they give like a picture before like the picture like comes along, but the news always aligns it very well. Like even like when like the pandemic happened, like with the DXY and like. Uh, US 30 and FBX, like you can see in the chart, like around like March 2020, you know, some people may not know, but like divergence, you know, like you could use like a technical indicator like a MACD or RSI, you can see the divergence around that time on like the daily, weekly chart. And around that time, that's when the news, right. yeah, I was saying, um, yeah, around that time, that's when they were saying. The lockdowns coming, you know, everyone's like, you know, pull down jobs, you know, and everything about to close down. And you can see in the charts, it was heavy divergence. So you align one with another. You can see this bearish, bearish market coming. And around that time, everything just fell. So the news do play along, but I feel like if you, if you could have a good edge on the tentacles, you could like know how to play it. Because say if, if you were looking just at the charts, and you're like, oh, I'm bullish. I'm going up. But the news is so bad. You know, you just look at one side and not have an open mind. You just be on the wrong side and lose that day. Versus if you look at the news, you're probably like, you know, reanalyze what you was looking at. Because the news is so bad. You're probably like, you know, maybe I'm going to take a sell, not a buy to it. Gotcha. And, and you can see like, oh, maybe a breaker structure is coming along. You take a sell. Yeah, so, I mean, I agree with that. You got to take both things into account. But, uh, yeah, so I guess when you talk about divergence, MACD and RSI, could we just elaborate a little bit on that just so the listeners can maybe get a better idea? Because I know what it is, like bullish and bearish divergence on that. But, yeah, maybe if you want to elaborate. Yeah, um, divergence basically is like, so basically it's basically like what the money is, being moved at, they would say basically that's what it is. Basically, the money is being moved at. So, like, if you see like indicators doing one move and price doing like another move, you can see that like, all right, they're going the opposite ways. But you, but you can see some people get confused and they'll say, oh, this doesn't work because they're not properly like you know aligning the, uh, the indicator with. Because a lot of people, when they use indicators, they only look at just the indicator. They don't look at the price. So they won't even look at the numbers. They won't look at the time. Or like they won't look at 
you know, like the news, they always look at the indicator. Yeah. So they're like, oh, divergence, I'm just going with this. And oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You got to use so your I indicators to make a story. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so if you see divergence, like you see some bullet divergence, right? But it's there like an Asian range, you know, and it's not like no volatility. And you take a five, you know, it may go up a little bit, but it'll probably go down because it was probably short term. Or like on a lower time frame, on a higher frame, it was going to go in the opposite way. And sometimes that would mess people up because they would think, oh, well, they didn't work. But it's like other things that go into account with the divergence type of strategy. Oh, yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I feel like, yeah, what you just said about the time frames, sometimes people, or at least what I've seen in my own experience trading is sometimes when I'm in the middle of trying to set up a trade because things move quickly and I trade on a low time frame also, I forget that I need to confirm on the higher time frame or maybe the next two higher time frames in order to create that story. Because you're looking for those indicators to give you confirmation. But obviously, at the end of the day, you're using price and volume to, you know, base your trade off where you like the the initial trade. But then you use those indicators to kind of support you in making that decision. But like on a five minute time frame or a one minute time frame, things could look really bullish. But on a 15 minute time frame or the hour, four hour, things could be bearish. So, yeah, it might go in your favor like you just said for for a little a short amount of time and it might go up a little bit if you're if you're long but because the longer time frames are indicating bearish things can go way farther to the downside if like obviously if you don't have a stop loss or you don't have like a risk management system in place so i guess what do you do to like what's going to separate you from almost making a trade to fully making a trade like what's a good trade for you what are you What are you looking for to line up? Like you have a I checklist. Hear this. Yeah. Well, if I look at it depends too. Like if I'm trading like forex or like indices, usually with well, savings like US thirty, that's most like New York session. But say I'm trading like forex, that's what I mostly trade like AUD USD. That's yeah. the Australian. That's the US dollar. I will first look for like. First off, first off, I start from like a top down analysis. I'll look like from the monthly to like one minute. So I'll look for the monthly and I'll look for like, you know, the high and the low. You know, I do look at higher highs and higher lows, but mostly like I look for just like liquidity in the market. So I'll look for the high and low. And then I'll look for, you know, the old like order blocks or supply and demand, they'll call it, on like the weekly and the daily. But mostly the daily spring. I like being the daily mostly the, the weekly is really nice for like Seeing like where it's at, but I like marking up most of the daily. So I get like my direction most from like weekly, monthly, and then daily. I'm marking up like my zone. So I just mark up like all the order blocks on the daily and the four hour. I'll combine it with the daily zones. And what I'm just looking for now, I'm just looking for time and price to like show me some like where that volatility and liquidity is coming in. Well, they're going to, yeah, I'm looking for how they build liquidity. So around like times, I would look for the brick and structure. So if I see like a brick and structure on the daily. So usually with time I trade, I like to trade around London session, which is like from like, well, London kill zone, 2 to 5 a.m. 
from the seven to the nine, you know, around anytime like after midnight. I'm looking to like, see how they're building up. So around London session, I'm looking like see what's a good entry coming along. So I always look for the liquidity pool. You know, usually they'll build a liquidity pool a little before that time. And then I'm looking for some type of manipulation because that's what everyone gets usually messed up at is manipulation. Wait, is that, that's how they got, oh, sorry, is that what, just to clarify for the, the listeners, that is really when, say, they they make it look like it, it broke down to the downside from a support, but then it quickly gets pulled back up and continues higher, something like that? Yeah, it's like stop hunts, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're just trying to so, bust stops, yeah. Yeah, so, I, so what, it's like, it depends, it's, it's always dependent on the way they do it, because not, so not all the time where I'll just, like, press buy if I just see, like, going down release of the dark downside so i'm just looking for first it had to be a liquidity pool below it or above so i'm seeing like there's a liquidity pool around and once the liquidity pool is around i can see like all right they're going to manipulate one side to the left or another and then you look for structure you know some people call it support resistance i don't really call it that i just call it like you could say supply and demand but it's part of the ob order block so when they come up to it I'll look to see what's like structure looking or lower frame for an entry. So that to me, that'll validate a good trade. Like, cause to be honest, if people who say like support resistance, you know, say something like that, I'll just look for an entry only at support and resistance. If that's like how a person would like call it, but I would say like my supply and demand zone or order block zone. I would only look to enter around there. I wouldn't enter like in the middle or like too much far because that's where like all the noise is happening. You know, you, you can catch a quick scalp, but usually good times like catching like when it's like hitting that good that good area of like a floor or a ceiling. Yeah, because then you could play the the bounce off, or if things are reacting a certain way and you think it's going to be able to break through either long or short, then. It gives you, it also yeah. allows for good risk reward setup because you know that if I'm playing long and I want the reversal off support, but then it doesn't go my way and it drops below support because I, I refer to it as support resistance, but it, it's all the same stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. But but then if it ends up getting sold off and you know like volume dies out and it, it drops below support, then I could place my stop loss some point after support and then not my risk to my reward, my possible reward would be uh positive in that case. You know, you, you want to mm-hmm. go for three to one or, or more than that, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I feel like it's also, I feel like it's important to stress the idea that yes, there there's supply demand zone, support resistance zones at every time frame, but the what what do i want to say like the power or the influence that it has only gets stronger the higher you go up in time frame like mm-hmm. the daily weekly monthly those support resistance areas are going to be really strong and they're going to be well respected but on a 5 minute or a 15 minute that's really only going to be something intraday outside of that it it probably won't respect it very well 
But, exactly. And like, and, and, and that's why it's too, like, in trading, like, that's why people, like, say, like, oh, like, this is how, like, that's why I meet people people with different, different styles and, like, it's just, like, your own art. You know, everyone has, like, their own way of seeing, like, the chart, you know, because, like, yeah. everyone's terminology and, like, you know, aspects are usually different, but it always comes down to the same thing, you know, like, the same, like, candles and the whole meaning behind it. And, like, so when you mark up support and resistance, so, like, uh, like, how do you mark that up? Okay, so I, I mean, on the daily, I'm an intraday trader. So I really mark, like, in the, in the area that the stock currently is, I'm going to mark highs and lows of candles from the previous days that land in that range just so i know hey at like at two dollars above this price that it's currently at three dollars above and 450 there are daily resistances so i want to keep those in mind because if i'm intraday i don't want to have that come back to bite me because i'm trying to play something to the upside but there really is a daily resistance there and then it's going to bounce off after i have those established those are more for like safety but then I look at the previous day and then I'm marking up intraday levels from there. Then I usually, I usually wait until I'm at either a resistance or a, I mean, I only also play one, one stock for the most part, mostly Apple, but, uh, big Apple man. Yeah. I'll, I'll usually, I'm a big Apple fanboy, bro. And yeah, I know you are. You've been owning that for a while. <laughs> That's like most of your portfolio too. But um, <laughs> but I've, I've been able to learn the personality of Apple by doing that. So it kind of behaves the same way every morning. It usually goes to one direction. And then if it doesn't immediately follow through, it will go back all the way to the, like if it starts in the morning high, it will usually go to the downside and pass either go directly to VWAP or pass through VWAP. So I usually kind of base my trade around that. So I'll wait until I see a reversal candle or multiple reversal candles on the five minute and on the 15 minute. And then once I, I start to, you know, see the price action is actually reversing and not continuing higher, usually in the, the one candle after that on the five minute, then um, I would enter the in, like either short or long and play it to VWAP, and then that's my trade. Mm, the VWAP indicator, yeah, I've seen that before. That's okay. Yeah, volume-weighted average price. But I also, like you, sometimes I will use RSI and MACD divergence just to give me, like, further confirmation of that. Yeah, I mean, it depends because I, I look at smaller time frame charts. The RSI is easily influenced. So if, if, it, if Apple starts out the day high and you know it's in the green and it pushed too far and now it's a little overextended i'm waiting for that first reversal candle and then waiting for a point to enter my trade which is usually like as soon as it closes or yeah as soon as it closes below the low of the of the reverse of the reversal candle i guess i would say mm, that sounds dope and it's pretty good success rate. I mean, it's over 50%. It's, it, 
I mean, it fluctuates, but my win rate is somewhere between like 56 and 60%. But then... You trade mostly stocks, right? Yeah, yeah. I just trade like large cap stocks. Um, And really just Apple, but I do plan at some point as I like increase my trading frequency to incorporate like a spy, a QQQ, maybe like a Microsoft and NVIDIA, just those big ones that people usually play because they have good movement. But yeah, I mean, I think also people that are outside of stocks or trading in general, they hear a 56 to 60% win rate and they think that's not that good because it's like a failing grade in school or something. But as long as you manage your risk properly, that's actually a really good win percentage. Because if you can keep your losers small and your winners big, then, you know, because because I'm playing at support and resistance, like I just said, say I enter at the, the close below that reversal candle, but then the next candle right after that, it's engulfing and it just engulfs the previous candle and the reversal candle before that, then I'm out. That's it. As soon as it closes above both of those, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But because I was going to play it either to the short or long side, well, obviously, if it, if it engulfs and closes above that, then I, I would be playing short. My short reward would be much greater than that that risk of the of those two candles. So, and that's a good discipline, you know. And that's, and that makes a lot of people like you know that separates a lot with that, like. The difference between, you know, like the winners and the lose because like this this you like, you know, getting out right in and there versus someone, you know, they'll like try to force it, get back in and get back in and get back in and just like get crushed. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like uh, that's only come with all those failures. Like I had to learn this through failing so many times and you know, it, it fell below or it, it fell below what I had my mental stop loss as. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll give it another minute. Maybe it reverses. And then I wait again. Maybe I'll give it another minute. And it just keeps going lower. And then all of a sudden, I blew 20%. So that was definitely something I had to learn. There were plenty of times where I properly screwed that up. But do you, when you trade Forex, are, are you programming in your trade, your take profit and stop loss? Or are you doing that? Like you're charting it out and then just doing it manually. Yeah, like so, like before I see it goes by the pip. So like the pip will go like from like points. So like every point will like different like from like the last size you use. So if you use like a one dollar last size, and then you risk ten pips for like twenty pips, you're risking ten dollars to make twenty thirty dollars. So, like, usually I look at, you know, how far is the structure from my entry. So, I'll see, like, if I'm trying to enter around this type of zone, and I see, like, above that zone, about, like, 20 pips, 30 pips, I'll try to get to that area as as possible, and then, like, wait for a brick structure on a one five-minute in correlation with the 15, four-hour to daily, so I can minimize the stop loss, because... When I'm on a higher frame, like four hour, just looking at like those candles, like stop loss maybe a little clearer, like 20 pips or like 15 pips or like 12 pips. So like if, but if, but, but like when I break it down into the one minute, 
think you get like a small stop loss, like three pips, four pips, or five pips. We should be like a little more like, you know, closer to the entry. But if you get the good breaker structure on the one minute with the five minute and you're really like bearish on the other frames, you can get a good entry with like a small stop loss and then ride it out just fully just um just ride out fully just like the profit instead of the risk. So I'll look at the, the stop loss first, then I go with the take profit. Because the stop loss is like just a safety guard, you know, because the take profit is like it's just what we think might happen. But the stop loss is like the safety. So I always look at the stop loss first. And I see like alright, so if I'm getting this with 10 tips, you know, I'm resting like four percent or two percent. Usually a trade I'll do like I'll try to do like 0.8 or 1% per trade, you know, because Forex is very volatile. So it moves a lot of pips. So you don't got to risk too much and you just catch a good amount, 20, 30 pips, 50 pips. You could be done, you know, for the day, for the week, depending on what lot size you use. Because I know different people, you know, you use different lot size. They use a 10 cent. If you use a 20 cent, a 50 cent. Use a ten dollar, a hundred dollar lot size, but that just comes with the skill, you know. Because at first, you gotta scale you know, up. When you first hear about it, it gets you know you try to bigger lot size at first. You go, oh, <laughs> like, this is kind of like I believe, and you gotta realize of what fits your style of the lot size if you're like you know your skill handle. For sure, it's also emotion too, because you know there are a lot of traders out there that are super successful, but once they try to scale up and you know, maybe their their uh, entry size is 10k, 20k. You know, I'm thinking like professional traders. They've been able to scale up to that point, but there are some traders that are maybe equally as skilled. But when they try to play with the same size, it gets to their emotions, and then they their plan falls apart. So then their trade doesn't have the you know the rigidity that it needs. Because a trade in reality should be a set plan, so you don't have to introduce emotion. Yeah, the emotion. Yeah, it takes over people's minds. The issue is that, regardless of who you are, you're still a human, and humans have like the emotion is will definitely play a part if you're playing with like four or five, six digits for the first time in your life. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I feel like people who work at hedge funds or you know, like the big investment firms, like they're probably so numb to the to to the emotions because they're just playing around with like tens of millions or billions every day. Yeah, but it, I guess it. I mean, their job is on the line, so there is that. But it's not their money too. So, uh, yes, it's the fund's money, but. <laughs> The one th- one thing I want to say before we wrap it up, what's one thing that you're currently trying to work on as a trader? Like, what's the next thing you're trying to master to take you to the next level? One thing I'm trying to master is just what I could just say is just keep on just just every day, just all every day since I started, I have not like have not been on the charts. So every day I be on the charts. Like every day I'm like watching videos, look at that charts, mark it up. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at a chart right now. You know, I was yeah. looking at Bitcoin. You know, so every day I'm just looking at charts, marking up, 
So I would just say the best thing I look for is just keep, like, you know, just keep on practicing, finding those, finding those niches, like, finding those, like, certain techniques, not techniques, but just keep finding, like, you know, anything out there, you know, for me, I take in all information, you know, like, I learn a lot of, like, basic, they, they'll call, like, basic retail stuff or whatever, but I learn, like, from that type of side, I learn from, you know, they, they call it SMT, smart money techniques, I learn from that side, so I learn, like, different styles of training so far, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, there's all, like, different styles out there, you know, there's some that is called, like, by demand, some people just go off strictly time and price. Like I know some styles are just strictly just price. You don't mark nothing up. You look at the time and the price. Yeah. And you can play off you can play off that way. So me, I just feel like to get better, I just keep on just going, you know, meeting others, you know, masterminding. I feel like that's how you get better. You gotta meet people you just meet people and you just keep, you know, growing. Like I wouldn't I would never say like change your style or like, you know, or put your style with others, but like Always that. feel like open-minded because you never know, like, oh, like, everybody just works for you. Or, like, sometimes you might learn something and then you learn from somebody else and you realize, oh, that that's how that works with that. You know, like, some people, you will see in their chart, they draw trend lines, for example, right? Mm-hmm. They'll draw trend lines. But a lot of people are taught, like, trend lines are, like, you know, like, the buy or sell signal. But trend lines in reality just well, trend lines in smart money language, trend lines are liquidity pool. You know, trend lines is where the money is being built up and down. Transfer trend lines, they get manipulated. You know, trend lines get manipulated in the highs and lows, and then they're gonna go either direction. But they're always manipulate either each side first before they go a direction, you know, so some people just do trend lines as buying, 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 but sooner or later that trend line is going to get manipulated, you know, so it's just certain things you just look for and then you just understand because you first look at, not well, I know when I first started, I was buying a lot of trend lines, I was buying buying the trend line and it doesn't work, I'm not saying it's like a bad strategy because you could make money on the trend line and that's the whole point of this knowing your art because it's your vision, so, but certain people, that could be a setup for a good reversal movement, because the one that's buying it, there's the one preparing to sell it, so it's like, the market works in both people's favors all the time, but it's like, it's all about how you look at it, you know, yeah. so that's not what I mean. I will buy a trend line myself, but I know I'm not going to keep buying a trend line, I know soon the minute is going to come, and then when that, when I see, like, the stop hunt comes, that's when I'll know to like get in or execute in that position. And it, and it depends on the time. So if it's around like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., or 5 a.m., sometime in the morning, I, I know like it's a good timing. But that's usually the best times to get in, usually around St. Piers, around like London Kill Zone. You heard, you heard about that before? No. London Kill Zone? No, no, I haven't. What, yeah, Wait, is that what is that? Just a certain time where there's a lot of volatility, or or where they just start to short the market? Yeah, like like Asian Asian kill zone, London kill zone, like it's certain kill zone. These are like these are certain times 
in the day where you would find like good optimal trade entries. So you can even look at you can even look at this like on like US thirty or like um SBX after this would go for call but, like so like around like say like the Asia range around super twelve, six and nine, around that range the Asian. So like London kill zone around two to five, you know, two to seven. So you could just mark that window up and you can see just in that time window what's going on in two to five. And you either get, you know, the high or the low of the day. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people see that they're going to see, like, sometimes, you know, oh, it doesn't work. But it's all about this scene. It's all about the way you look at it. So, like, when you just mark it up, you know, you just experiment it, you know. You will see, like, certain way how that time window will give you the whole, like, day's, you know, Analysis, you know, because you might get the high or the low around certain like London kill zone or Asian kill zone. Gotcha. New York, mostly this is London. I like London. London's pretty cool because that's the most volatile session. London kill zone. That's when everyone's sleeping. Well, oh, that's what they think everyone's sleeping. That's the most volatile session. London kill zone. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to do some research on that. I've never really traded forex, but. I know it is. So. It'll, it'll work too because if you trade spot, you, you trade like US thirty, like SPX. Right? Spy, yeah, I, I've traded spot before. Yeah, yeah spot, yeah. So you and that time around, like you know, like two a.m. You you have like an app. Oh, I trade. I trade MC four. I don't even know about MetaTrader four. You heard of that app? No, I haven't. Uh, I, I mean, I use TraderView to chart, but then I oh TraderView. Yeah, yeah, I use like yeah. I'll use Weeble sometimes to also look at charts, but I actually oh, execute Weeble. my trades through, through like a Chase brokerage as of late. I'll, I'll yeah. change. I change brokerages all the time. I don't know. I just like to try out new ones. Yeah, that's good. In a trade broker, see, like see, MT4, it's an offshore broker, so it's like a little. It's a little more different, but it's still it's still good. It's still like you know, it's still safe and everything. Yeah, it's just an offshore broker. It just has different like things on it, and you can trade like you know like. Forex, you can trade crypto, you can trade uh, this stocks on it too. But see, the stocks on those apps, but it's a spread. The spread is a little more higher on the stocks. That's the thing about um, the offshore growers, but, but it's still good to trade on. But you can trade SPX and US 30. That's what a lot of people trade, you know, like US 30 or MT4. But it's just more volatile. So, like, the pips move insanely. But if you know where to get in now, you could like work it'll work in your favor. It's kinda like OTC. I don't know if you heard of OTC. Yeah, it's like, kinda like in, in the wing, yeah. It's like pre publicly traded companies. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I don't I'm not too knowledgeable on that. I just know it from Twitter. But yeah, you know, I think it was important what you said before that about however it's like an art and everyone has their own way. I, I used to try to learn how to trade like someone else and then I realized I need to learn how to trade around how my mind works. I need to develop a strategy around what works best for me. And that, that's when I started to see at least some some better progress than what I was seeing initially. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I used to um, use, like, I don't know if I used, like, moving averages and everything. I know, like, I started, like, I know, like, strategy, like, the 15 to 4. I actually just always trade this, like, 15 to 4. That was my strategy for a very long time. I still use it every now and then. I'll put it up to, like, see the like, correlation. But, you know, like you said, you just like see other things, you know, but like, I know what you mean. But it's other, it's other like always different ways to always do yeah. that. 
as a confluence. That's what everything builds as a confluence. Good term, yeah, confluence. It's just like the more high probability this is going to work yeah. in your favor. The more, I mean, you could say indicators, but just the more aspects of the the chart, the trade, everything that works in in the favor of that trade yeah uh yeah yo that was good i don't know if you wanted any last remarks but i think this would be a good point to wrap it up yeah thank you so much malik for coming on bro yeah, bro. Yeah, we could do another part. We could run another part. Yeah, live charting. Mm-hmm. Definitely been able to do that. Yeah, that sounds like it would be fire. And I feel like a lot of people can learn from the actually seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they learn like some indicators, you know. I don't really use too many indicators, but I know I know about almost majority of them. But I usually most I usually mostly use the price, but I can honestly say like when a person learns price action, when they learn price action, then using the indicator works very more easier because the price action mixed in with the indicator will give you the best like I feel high probability. Well, yeah, because, because the indicators like, are the indicators are lagging from the price. The yeah, price is the only thing lag. in the in the current moment. Yeah. Yeah, they lie. So it's like, it's always going to be a weird, like, price action. It could, like, mess your brain up. Or like, confusion. Yeah, because sometimes you'll think that, you know, these moving averages just cross. I got to get in. But then by the end, of you got in at the open of the candle. By the close of the candle, that it already dropped down below the low of the previous. And then now that, that MA cross doesn't exist anymore. So, uh, yeah, for sure. But, uh. All right. Uh, you guys know where to reach us. Black Box Podcast, No Way in the Black. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. But on TikTok, there is an A in the black. I'm at anything. Oh, it's good say? to point that out. Yeah. 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 Malik, thank you again for hopping on. And uh, peace out. Another episode will be succeeding this one on a Tuesday, as you, as you know. So, goodbye. Peace. All right, guys.